I am Josso Focused. I'm French, the bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the Mixtape Podcast. The Mixtape Podcast. Podcast. And if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find our socials, you can find us first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search. Nick's Take videos, and if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you'll find us at The Nick's Take, and lastly, on Facebook, at Nick's Take Media. Alright, let's get to it. First thing, before we get to it, actually, I want to clean up something I said last week. We said that Nick's picked up Mitchell Robinson's qualifying offer, that was incorrect. They had a team option on Mitch, which they picked up for one point whatever million dollars. I don't think there was anything left left for me to clean up. I think we only made one mistake last week. Yep. One out of the few. So let's get into the topic of the episode number 20, free agency 2021. Free agency did not go the way that I was expecting. I don't think it went the way anyone was expecting. So let's get straight into day one. What were you expecting? Like going into free agency, what were you thinking? Like, what were you expecting for what's to happen? Who do you think the Knicks were gonna pick up? Well, from what I gathered from like the exit interviews and Derek Rose saying he'd love to be back, but it sounds like the front office guys have big plans this offseason. I'm like <laughs> big plans that Derek what Rose you, might not be able to fit back on the roster. What they what what they got to think sleeve. <laughs> I'm expecting something huge to happen. And then when they just re-signed D-Rose, Burks, and Noel in day one, I'm just like, oh, okay. I guess that's it. Like, I was, yeah, it was a lot of things, especially it was what D-Rose said. It was the draft. Like, how the draft played out, I was like, all right, I think that they're moving out of 19, they're pushing back from 21 because they're going to pick up some guys that are going to, they must know that they're going to pick somebody up that's going to bolster and, you know, make this team so much better than what it was last season. And as French just indicated, we went into day one. I'm over here like, all right, I'm ready. It was, was, I don't remember what time it was, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever time it was. I'm over here on Twitter waiting, ready. All right, all right, let's see who the Knicks pick up. Immediately off the bat, Lonzo Ball is off the board. Gets, yeah. He goes to goes to uh, Chicago. Chris First Paul. to get announced. Chris Paul, gone. Kyle Lowry, gone. Mike Conley, gone. And while all of this is going on, I'm seeing Nick sign Alec Burks to three-year contract for $30 million. What? Mm-hmm. Nick signed Nerlens Noel to three-year contract, $30 million. Uh, so, huh? And then it wasn't until maybe like an hour an hour or two later, the Knicks signed their first new induction, new player to the team in Evan Fonier. Yeah. To a four-year contract for $78 million. Let's talk about let's talk about before we get to D Rose. Let's talk about the Fournier contract. As a matter of fact, let's talk about all three. I wasn't mad let's, at let's, it. let's let's start with let's start with Alec Burks. How do you feel when when the Alec Burks contract came up? How was you feeling? Well, immediately once I saw that, I thought to myself like, I remember saying I know that one of them would be back between Alec Burks, Alec Burks. and Reggie Bullock. Mm-hmm. So once I saw he re-signed, I'm just like, okay. For that to be the first signing to make off the off the bat, like it's, it shows that they made it a priority to re-sign Burks and Noel. But Burks off-rip being the first signing, I'm just like, okay, it seems like they're valuing shot creation. 
mm-hmm. and three point shooting and guys who can take over the offense and give Julius Randle and RJ some help offensively based on what we needed in the playoffs. So I was like, okay, cool. Burks, we, we got back, then boom, Noel got announced. I'm How like, you feel okay, about the maybe. Signing? I was thinking maybe it's. It's to shore up the fact that we don't decline from last year defensively. So they didn't want to put all their eggs on Mitchell Robinson without like being able to see him for a full season healthy, first of all. Then the original plan was for Nerlens to be the backup center anyway. and He overachieved last season, so maybe he's going to go right back to that off the bench role where we could really see what the ceiling for this team is now that Mitch is healthy. So <clears throat> I'm thinking that that's what their line of thinking was. So I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with the years because I, I knew that it would be a team option in every, in, in the last year. Cause that's just what this front office does with every free agent that they've signed so far. It's been a team option the last year. So I knew both of them, basically two year deals with a last year option then Fournier gets signed and I was I was okay with it because I it wasn't like that was breaking news to me. There's been reports about Evan Fournier being a mutual interest between him and New York, along with a few other guys that I didn't want, but when I went and saw how Evan Fournier played and the play style that he could offer to the Knicks, I didn't have a problem with the years either because that's when it became clear to me that Reggie Bullock wouldn't be back when we when we signed Fournier because there's no space for Reggie no more after this point. And he's another shot creator who who who's his 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 most valuable asset to, to his game is what he does on the offensive end. Fournier. He's a shooter, he can shoot up the dribble. He's just a, a another guy that you can rely on to make shots. And I guess that's what the priority was of this offseason. So I didn't have a problem with any of these contracts. What about you? How do you feel about the the, the Berks, Noel, and Fournier? So I think what you said was right. They prioritized shot creation and playmaking over 3 and D that Reggie Bullock provided. I may flip-flop on this for a little bit. I may flip-flop on this a little bit. Yesterday, I was like, I'm 100% happy with this. I'm 100% happy with Alec Burks. I'm 100% happy with Evan Fournier. I'm 100% happy with the look of this team. And yes, I did leave out Maryland's Noel when I was naming players for a reason. But before I get to Noel, I'm gonna this is this. I'm gonna talk about what I'm flip-flopping on, which is. If you know you're going to sign Evan Fournier, why did you sign Alec Burks? Who, from what I can see, is probably going to just be taking up minutes for over other guys that you want to see what they can do in that role that Alec Burks is going to play. Ooh. Whereas, like, who who is he taking minutes from? Yeah. Well, if you look at the roster as currently constructed, we have Dirk Rose, we have Evan Fournier. Well, before we get into all the signings, before we get to the future signings, you know, day two and day three, Evan Fournier, we have Manuel Quickly, we have Dirk Rose, we have Miles McBride, we got Quentin Grimes, and outside of Grimes, most of these guys are playmaking guards. Mm-hmm. So, unless you're telling me that you want Alec Burks to be kind of, oh, Luca Vildoza also. So you have a lot of guys who can shoot, who can create off the dribble, who can playmake. And I go back and forth because I I think that the Knicks should have prioritized what Alec Burks provided over what Reggie Bullock provided. But I'm also looking throughout the roster and I'm like, are we taking a hit defensively 
by not bringing back Reggie Bullock over Alec Burks. Because you could have signed Reggie Bullock to that same deal. The same day that we signed Alec Burks to that three-year contract for $30 million, the Dallas Mavericks also signed Reggie Bullock to three-year contract for $30 million. So it wasn't about the money. It's just the, the preference in player and the fact that you also got Evan Fournier you, there was no room for Reggie Bullock, as you indicated. It was a choice that you made. I'm going to go back and forth over whether this is the right choice or not until I see it happen. And that's kind of, you know. I, th- I feel like the playoffs proved that Alec Burks is more valuable to a team than Reggie Bullock would be. It, I, th- I think it proved that. However, Reggie Bullock was playing a role that he shouldn't have been playing, which is the starting wing next to R.J. Barrett. Where the competition between Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock wasn't for that spot because we gave it to Evan Fournier. The competition was for the seconds, for the who comes off of the bench to re, to relieve Fournier or, Reg, or R.J. Well, who's to say Burks is coming off the bench for sure? We don't know who's coming off the bench and who's starting yet. Maybe Burks is going to be the starter and Fournier is going to be the sixth man. Well, we also signed Derrick Rose to a three-year contract for $43 million. And that's the one I was waiting for. And when we got to Derrick Rose, I was like, okay, I think we did get better. I think, maybe. it's I don't know. We might have gotten better. I like it because we needed a player as good as Evan Fournier to be on the roster. We needed to bring Derrick Rose back. And we needed a backup center. So the reason why I'm, I was, you know, I'm a little meh about the Noel deal. I think we could have replaced Noel. Or we could have, we, 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 or we drafted Jericho Sims and we could have taken a chance on Jericho Sims being a rotation player. Mm-hmm. That, that's, how I, that's how I felt at the time. I felt like okay, we're bringing back Mitch. I don't like I I like Nerlens Noel, but he there were two guys who kind of exposed us in the playoffs, and Nerlens Noel was one of them. Nerlens was hurt in the playoffs. Yeah, but he I don't I don't think that him being healthy would have made that much of a difference. Like he How he do you was say that? we don't know. He was, because he was hurt, he played less minutes. But when he was, the stuff that he was doing when he was on the court is the stuff that I would expect him to do healthy or not. Like, Nolan Zowell can't catch, can't catch the ball. He's not very great as a lob threat. He provides a lot defensively in terms of protecting the rim and even in disrupting on the perimeter, put getting his hands out and getting steals. But when it comes down to buckle down time and you're playing against a really good team, Nerlens Noel is very limited. You can blame it on the fact that he was hurt, but like you said before the playoffs, everybody's hurt in the playoffs. So I'm not going to give you that out if you on the court, you on the court. And if he was playing healthy and he played like that, I wouldn't have been surprised because Noel is not gonna. Noel is not a matchup, a good matchup for Clint Capella. Point blank, period. Yeah, but he's not gonna be starting off against Clint Capella. He's gonna be coming off the bench this year. Correct. He is gonna be coming off the bench, which is why it's like, eh, I don't hate it, but for that, all that, just bring back Taj Gibson for the vet minimum. He bring back Taj. Too. Bring back Taj and. He could be our backup center, and then it's like, all right, now we have. But we you spent less put, money for your backup, and you have Jericho Sims coming up behind him as the third string center in case Mitch gets hurt, and that's it. Why are we paying ten million dollars to Nerlens Noel when we, even if you wanted to bring in somebody else, you didn't trust. You don't trust Jericho Sims. You think he needs seasoning. I think you could have spent less money on a center to come to this team the way that you spent less money on Noel last year. To provide what center you mean? Backup the, center value. The the best centers that were in free agency all went to contenders. I don't know if they're gonna convince Dwight Howard to come. Yeah, to the I, Knicks but it doesn't the need to be. It doesn't need to be Dwight Howard or something like that. You just need somebody who could like Nerlens. Nerlens 
played his was role very last key. Year. Was very key when we needed him to step up. One hundred percent. I'm I'm not gonna slander Nerlens Noel. I'm just talking about the value of the contract and how much that it's gonna take up in in terms of the cap. In terms of maybe you could have spent that ten million dollars. Maybe you could have took five million of that do- of those dollars from him from this year. Spent it on a different century, who's probably not as good as Noel, but you want him to be the backup anyway behind Mitch. Yeah, and then you take the other five million, you offer somebody five million dollars more than what you could have offered them previously, and maybe that convinces them to come to the Knicks as opposed to going somewhere else. That's the only thing about the Nerlens Noel. I don't hate it. I understand why they did it. I am okay with it. I think that you the. The fact that we have 48 minutes of rim protection between Mitch, Nerlens Noel, and you have Taj as a backup option, which we, which is we, what French already alluded to in day two, the Knicks signed Taj Gibson to the vet minimum for 2.64 million. Uh, the fact that we have that coming back next year, I'm 100% happy with that. But I think that this team could have maneuvered though that money just a little bit better. And, but let me but I'm not going to cry quick. about it. What? Who's to say that they even had a player that they would be willing to offer more money to? Maybe they didn't see nobody out there that was that good. So they just said, you know, we're just going to pay our guys and have them on a two-year with an option just to make sure that it's still a tradable asset. Worst-case scenario. Just because we signed him to a three-year deal don't mean he's going to play out where him playing three straight seasons on the Knicks. Maybe he ends up on Washington for Bradley Bill as a part of a package or something like that. They just have a bunch of assets where the money lines up in case of you need a star and you need contracts to match up. That's what I felt like that first day of free agency was about. Well, to clarify, nobody except for Evan Fournier really is guaranteed to have three years on this team because Burke Snowell and Derek Rose, who signed for a three-year contract for $43 million, both the, all three of those players have a team option on the third year. Evan Fournier has a cop, uh, option on his fourth year, which mm-hmm. we found out on day two as well. Which but we shouldn't. Everybody was like, regardless. "Oh, okay, that that is that sounds a lot better than what we thought we were getting." And uh, yeah, I be okay. doubting the King Leon. He know what he's doing. Every time we get a free agent, he does the same thing. Right. He's earned a little, you know what I'm saying? We know what to expect. So, on day two. real calculated. On day two, we found out that Kendrick Nunn was offered a contract by the Knicks, but took less money to go to the Lakers, which that, that that is what, allegedly, which that is kind of why I'm like, $5 million might make a difference. I, I don't I think if you offer five million dollars more for the year to have a guy come over that all of a sudden it's like, damn, do I really want to turn down that much money to, to, to play for a contender? I have a whole lot, lot of time left in my in my career to play for a contender. I could I could get the bag now. That's all I'm really saying. Like, do I think that, oh, I would rather have Kendrick Nunn than the alternative, no. I'm not saying that they should have offered $5 million more to Kendrick Nunn, but maybe some of these other guys who we struck out with because of money or whatever, because we're not a contender, maybe that would have made the difference. And instead, we shot ourselves in the foot early. Not really shot ourselves in the foot, but that was one of the first signings we did is Nerlens Noel, when I feel like that maybe could have we could have waited on that until day three, four, maybe five. Maybe we could. What if Nerlens was about to sign with Dallas or something like that? Then he does. That's what I'm saying. It, then he does. You can't just yeah. look at what happened and just dictate that's how it went. Maybe the, the, it went another way. Maybe they had to sign these guys up before they went and signed somewhere else. There was a lot of Derrick Rose Chicago rumors. They were saying that they there was mutual interest. You maybe you couldn't wait just in, to see what a Kendrick Nunn, and I don't even believe the Kendrick Nunn report because of the simple fact that the alternative was so was so like you know what I'm saying. You had to know ahead of time in order for it to happen. You know so, what I'm saying? Like that didn't just happen yeah. this day of. That had to be days in planning. 
Well, we're alluding to what happened on day three, which at this point by day three, I'm like, all right, I guess we're just running it back and adding Evan Foyer, and that's going to be our team. And while I'm at work, somebody yells at me and says, the Knicks got Kemba. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, all right, let me just. And then I got up, I walked over. I was like, all right, what y'all talking about? And they said, Nick Scott Kemba, Nick signed Kemba. I was like, oh, got him through trade? Nah, got him through waivers. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I got, I was like, okay, yeah, all right. Okay, all right, yeah, okay. I, I'm with it. You know what? I'm with it. Now, Reggie Jackson was still not a, was still a free agent at this point. He was not coming. Schroeder was still a free agent at this point. Didn't want him. Spencer Dinwiddie was rumored to be going to where did he end up going? The Wizards. Yeah, he went to the Wizards, sign and trade. So the point the the point guard options were slim pickings by the point that this was announced. And I don't think that we have officially signed Kemba Walker yet. But day three, Woj announced Kemba Walker accepts a buyout from OKC and, and agrees to join the New York Knicks once he clears waivers. That contract is rumored to be somewhere about $8 million annually, which insinuates that Kemba will have a multi-year deal. Two years. I don't I don't know if the details have been confirmed on anything like that because I don't think anything has been signed yet. But how do you feel about the Kemba Walker? But listen signing. to what you just said. This was days ago, and we still don't know this, the, the contract specifics. What does that tell you? Well, he just got he just got officially waived, I think, yesterday. And I looked but, that but up. I'm, but what I'm saying is, look how many days ago that happened. That report came out that Kemba signed with the Knicks. We still don't know what type of, what, how many years, nothing. The Knicks organization, the, the guys at the top, the front office guys, they don't talk. We don't have no leaks from up top. That's why I don't be believing these reports of who the Knicks are interested in, who they, con they, they, they spoke with contracts over. I don't believe it. We got a report from Woes that Kemba signed with the Knicks, and we still don't know the details. <laughs> Remember draft night? Woes didn't know who we was drafting. They were scrambling. Just like, oh, actually, this is a trade. Like, I love the fact that we don't have no leaks coming from our front office. So any type of signings and trades that we actually do make, I know that it took a lot of consideration and it was planned out and precise. Everything was they 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 hit all the bases before they went and made this move. But I forgot what your original question was. Kemba from the Bronx, he's back in New York. I love that 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 signing. I don't know how anyone could not like the signing. We got him for the mid-level exception, damn it, right? Am I bugging? Eight mil a year? Mm -hmm. it was Maybe like 10? Like, bro, we got an all-star player when he's healthy. Well, For nothing that's going to hurt us cap-wise on the team. Well, I knew I knew you was gonna be happy about this because you were saying that you would we would have preferred that the Knicks traded for Kemba over trading for Colin Sexton, which I mm -hmm. still still one hundred percent disagree with. Why? I'm we wouldn't so have to much, give up much because Kemba Walker was owed forty million dollars for the season for two years. Over, oh, okay, but you trade for you trade for Kemba. You can get that off. You trade for Kemba. Who else? You, you I don't think you sign Evan Fournier if you trade for Kemba. You can, I don't think you can. You can't. You can't bring back Burks, Noel, Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, and trade for Kemba Walker. You can't do it if you trade. If you do the trade, because it's not Who's enough to say that money. they won't sign for less. You you just said literally ten minutes ago that they would have signed somewhere else if we didn't hurry up and sign them right away. You just said yeah, that. Yeah, so. but I'm saying they could have signed for less knowing that a trade was coming just because they're already here in New York. They didn't want to go nowhere else. If, the, if that's not the case, they would have. That if that's the case, the, they would have they either waited or they would have signed for less up front. Now, like, you can't, have, you can't have it both ways, sir. You can't say, oh, who's to say that they wouldn't? And, but all of us, no. You don't they think signed, they could have got more signed, money than what they got? Yes, I do. But 
I also think that they could have got less money than what they got. I don't know what the I don't know what their offers were in free agency. I think that the ch- possibilities were that they weren't taking less than ten year ten million dollars a year to not see other offers elsewhere. And the Knicks said, "Bet take the ten million, and that's it." But do I think that they're taking significantly less so that? We could sign Kemba Walker, so we could trade for Kemba Walker. Excuse me, nah, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's how that would have gone down. Well, it doesn't matter because that's not how it went down. Yeah, we got so, him for the off waivers. The team waived him. When the last time you heard of a team receiving an asset from OKC without having to pay a major price? We did it twice. We didn't give a one pick. We did it. We did. We did it twice. We did it in the draft. We mellow on down. him. <laughs> we dumped mellow on him and got Mitchell Robinson back, and Enos Cantor. I forgot. We about did it that. three times. <laughs> we the only team that pulls a fast one on OKC, except for Houston. Houston got Harden. I said. I said he was going to make forty million dollars, but I think my he was going to make thirty six mil this year. 37 next year. But even still, that's a whole lot of cap space. That's a whole lot of cap space that we would that we were uh, going to assign to him specifically. Yeah, no. That you you can't convince me that we should have traded for him over over Colin Sexton. I would rather trade for Colin where you get money back. <laughs> well, I, my um, ideal situation would be to not have to trade for either. <laughs> Which is what happened. Well, this was this this I think is the best situation. Pop, this is such this. Blah, blah, blah. Try it again. This was the best situation possible because yeah. you didn't have to give up anything except for cap space. Mm-hmm. And the only downside, the only downside, which if this happens, would definitely have been a point in my favor in regards to a, trading for Kemba over signing him or trading for Colin Sexton. A report came out from Mark Berman where there was a lot of concerns with the arthritis in Kemba's knees and how that's something that's probably never going to go away. It's going to be a problem for him all season. It may be an issue for him to get back to that all-star level. With that said, though, when he played last year, he played very well. He still still played close to 20 points per game. He still shot well. And it was an off year. The last 10, mm-hmm. 20, 20 games of the season, he was wilding. Back to normal. And I, and, I, and I don't think how the Celtics required him to play last year, the Knicks will require him to play this year. I think it's going to be a completely different situation. Yeah. So, and he's going to be splitting and, minutes with Derrick Rose, who also can't play that much minutes either. And we have exactly what I was about to say. more point guards behind them in Luka Fildoza. Yep. And Miles McBride. So, and IQ. I couldn't be, well, we'll talk about IQ later. I couldn't be more, I couldn't be happier than than how I am in regards to that Kimball Walker signing, even if it turns out that he doesn't play all season, he, he's hampered. I don't think he's going to be that, tr- I don't think he's going to be trash at all. I think Not maybe he'll be limited. Maybe he'll maybe worst case scenario he'll be fourteen points per game, fifteen points per game. If that's it's, the case, that's the case. As long as he is a threat at the point guard position and he opens up the floor for Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier, Mitchell Robinson, that's what we needed at that position next to Derrick Rose, who will be coming off of the bench. Right. And the fact that we brought Rose back and we got Kemba who can fill in that spot for 24 minutes out of the 24 minutes, 24 minutes out of the game. You got 48 minutes of good point guard play. You got 48 minutes of rim protection. What more can you ask for? That's all your all-star needs. He got shooters around him. He got a competent point guard and he got rim protection behind him. Julius Randle got everything he could possibly need this season. Including, I need, I need for him to get that first team or NBA. 
They got everything he could ask for, including a four-year contract extension with the Knicks worth one hundred and six point four million dollars, mm-hmm. which he's going to make more than one hundred and six point four million dollars. That's just the base. That's not including the incentives, which I think off rip he's he's going to be making probably one hundred and sixteen million dollars off rip with some of those incentives. The most he can make from this contract one hundred and twenty-two million dollars which is still way, way less than... More money than that guy. Well, yeah, but it's going to be way less than the $200 million that he could have made off of the Knicks if he had just waited for one more season and signed a contract with them next year. Yeah. Or, and it's more money than he... It's less money than he could have made if he would have just said, all right, we're going to do an extension, but just for like a plus one year, and then we'll re-up or something like that where he could... You know, he could do a one plus one next season. He plays for however much, and then he opts out. Now he ha- now he does his contract extension. He could have made way more money doing that. He said, "Nah, just give me the four guaranteed years. I'm good." That is, oh man, that is. How how can you be mad at anything when it comes to the Julius Randle contract? You said you can't be mad at the Evan Fournier contract. You can't be mad at the Kemba Walker contract. I can't be. Those are the three biggest moves of free agency for the New York Knicks. Julius Randle is becoming like my favorite Knicks star of all time. Would you believe that you would ever say something like that a year ago? <laughs> <laughs> like everything that he he's doing for the organization, oh, he's not just talking man. to talk. That man is solidified. Solidified. Every- he's going. He's going in the Raptors over Melo. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm gonna say that now. I'm calling it. He's not there yet, but he's gonna get there. Nah, he's there. He's there already. He's almost Mello there. Melo never Mello's left money there. on the table. Jew, Jew is right here. He's on. He's on his neck. He's on his neck. He, he had one bad year. That's the only thing that's gonna, that's, that's holding him back. He does what he did last year again this season no. after signing this contract. It's over. No, the bad year is what makes the story. <laughs> yeah, it does. Which the is why bad he's doing year it is the reason why I feel the way I feel because he came to New York, accepted the challenge, had one of the worst years we've ever seen, and then came back the next year, led the Knicks to the fourth seed, had one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, made all NBA second team and still left money on the table to make sure that the team has as much resources they need to make the team better and get as close to a championship as possible. He got Leon Rose in here. He got, like, he's responsible for everything good that's happened to the Knicks team over the last two years. Mm-hmm. That well, man don't get, he, he don't get the flowers that he deserves. I need to buy that jersey. I'm still slack. I got, how many Knicks jerseys? I don't got one Julius Randle jersey. I'm bugging. I'm still gonna say that he's not there yet. He's there, and I'm and I'm gonna say he's not there yet because you're giving him flowers for perceived future greatness. No, I'm giving him flowers yes. for everything that happened so far to this day. Right now, what has happened so far to this day? He went out there, had one of the worst Knicks seasons I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> No, that was Alfred Payton, but go on. <laughs> no. He, Julius Randle, has the title for one of the worst performances I've ever seen as a top player for the Knicks. Went in the gym during COVID when everybody was in the bubble. He was in the gym the entire time. Got to the point this season when he started bugging out and everybody started to respect who he was. He ended up getting the entire team to be on the same type of workout plan that he was on. He made everybody on the team better. Because now they got the mentality that he got. They're going to go to the gym after the games. They're going to stay in the gym all day. They like they had to lock the, the gym so the IQ wouldn't try to sneak in during a uh, time that they were supposed to be resting. Like The mentality of this team starts with what Julius Randle brought. Everything that you love about this team would not be there without Julius Randle. Except for maybe Mitch and some of the young players, but the identity of what we like what we doing here now 
What more could you ask for as a Knicks fan, a New York Knicks fan? That that's the only thing where it's like this you, team you is really, New York. You really just said a lot of really nice stories, right? No, it's, it's and they're all true. What happened? No, that is really what happened. But at the end of the day, when we look back at it, it's going to be really nice stories. When we look back in history, we're not going to be talking about how everybody was. Well, we will, right? But the masses aren't going to talk about how Julius Randle was in the gym. Da, da, da. They're going to only be talking about what the Knicks did while he was there. No, and you're if, missing the bigger picture. No, 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 no. I'm not missing the bigger picture. I understand exactly what you're saying. No. But, but in the what grand I'm saying scheme is, of things, right, we haven't accomplished anything yet. We got the four seed when nobody expected us to. And then we got knocked out in the first round. Right? We've laid the groundwork. The foundation is there. That's what you're saying. And we the we have Julius Randle to thank for the foundation. 100%. But that's not just that's not all that I'm saying though. Because now because the foundation is there and the habits are in place now, now you don't know what to expect. Now the future can hold anything. It's no, there's no ceiling on the future because of the fact that everybody on this team is applying work when you can't say that about any other team in the NBA. They're not putting in the work to to get better like how these guys are doing on the team. And that's going to show in games. That's going to show in the playoffs. The Kobe Mamba mentality is on this is on this roster. You realize that, right? That's scary. That's scary because a lot of teams aren't going to be having a bunch of young guys who are going to be in the gym working like that. There's going to be a few who run the league. They're going to become stars. Maybe we got a few young stars on the team now because of that mentality. They're going to work their way to get to that point. If you look at Dame, he's a 6'1", 6'2", guard. He's not that big. He's not that athletic. He's not. He's fast, but he's not one of the fastest guys in the NBA. He got that to, the, to that point where he is now by work, developing his bag, getting skills, counter moves on counter moves to be able to score and become the best player on his team to then becoming one of the best players in the NBA. Why can't IQ become someone like that? <laughs> Why can't he? But you're still, that's still a story. It's, it's still, not a story. It, you, yeah, because you're, because you're saying happily ever after. That's the, why can't he become this? Happily ever after. It's the same thing. Because if, if we go into the season and we trash again, nothing that you just said is going to matter. If we don't pick up, if, not if we don't pick up good players and, and become a playoff contender in the next two, three years, nothing you just said matters. And, and it's going to be a good story. You know what's going to matter? If the Knicks end up being a championship contender, not even make it to the finals, not even win a ring, if they become a championship contender. And the only way that they do that is by the things that I just said. Julius Randle has to do what he did last year. It doesn't have to be exactly as good as he was last year because that, I don't think that if he does what he did last year, oh, he's severely over underpaid. He He's going to be like a top 15 player who's getting paid top 50 player money for four years, right? And that's when the contract is going to be like, oh, wow, he he did it again and he signed the four-year contract and he didn't, he, he left like $100 million on the table to stay on his team and the Knicks are running it back and they're coming back as the fifth, sixth seed. If that's what has to happen. That's what has to happen in order for Drew. And, and let me say, I told said Melo is here and Drew was like right here on his neck. If that happens, it's not even going to be close. It's not going to be close at all. Because just like you said, Melo never left money on the table. Never. Never, Melo never did anything where it was, like, it was a clear sacrifice for the team. It was always about Melo. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to shit on Melo because this team would have been basura without him. When we lost Melo, we lost the, the path to being great. Because as soon as he was off this team, that was it for us. Because Chris Stapps was never going to be who we thought Chris Stapps was going to be. And that was Mello. it. Mello, Mello, 
I'm gonna need you to calm down the mellow heat. But it's not it's mellow, not hate, it's reality. We wanted, we wanted Mello to be the guy to take us to the championship, but we knew that Mello was not him. that guy. We wanted him to, but we knew so he I'm wasn't saying. that guy. We knew so he I'm wasn't saying. that guy. But in order for us to get there, he needed to make certain sacrifices that he never did. We don't know whether Julius Randle is that guy. We don't think that he is that guy. But the fact that he is taking that sacrifice while he's right now, he is that guy for us. He's mellow for us right now. And he made that sacrifice. Oh, man. He has to play like he did last year. Maybe even 85, 80% of what he played last year. If he becomes an all-star again next year, if the Knicks become are in the playoffs again next year, everything, all of those things that, you know, at the grand scheme of things, we didn't make it to second round, third, whatever, finals. Yeah, we didn't make that. But if we do just what we did last year, all-star. Knicks in the playoffs. Randall's shooting okay. Knicks are a good team and are recognized as a good team throughout the league. That's it. It's not even close. It's not even close what? as far as whether Randall and Melo is over. Now, if Quick he goes question. back to first year Randall, go ahead. Which one would you bet your money on? I would bet my money on us being a six seed. Julius Randall takes a slight dip in efficiency, but we are still we are still a for not a force, but we are still talked about in the league as one of the better teams. That's not what I'm asking. I'm talking about the two ways that you formatted. Which one would you bet your money on? Him making significant upgrade, the team moving in the right direction, they moving up rather than staying the course or declining in any way? Or do you go see him going back to first year, Randall? If you had to bet your money on it, which one would you bet on? I don't think he's going to go back to first year, Randall. I don't. I don't. I don't know if the Knicks are going to improve. I could even see them slightly declining because of if, how free agency played out. But it, so you, the way you phrased it, kind of confused me because you gave me kind of like three options. No, I gave you two. I, you did give me two. You said which one would you see? But I, I see them kind of doing what they've been doing. Like, it's not going to be a steady increase or it's not going to be a steady decrease. They're going to probably do like 42 wins, 43 wins. That's not what I'm asking, though. I'm saying there's only and these two options. One of them is going to happen. Which one would you bet your money on? One, we get better. <laughs> the team gets better. Randall gets better. Oh, get yeah, closer that. to a championship contender. Or we stay the course or get worse. You would bet on us getting better. That's three better. options. <laughs> That's you not said three or options. You said or twice. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying these two are in the same option. Uh, well, that's a hard choice for me to make. That's a hard choice for me to make because I could see us. I could see us. I could see us plateauing for sure because we need another piece to be a championship contender. And but why uh, do you see us plateauing? Is what I'm trying to ask. Because we've never we we've seen no evidence that we could plateau. Because it requires a lot from a lot of different players. It requires RJ making that leap. Which is and better. I think I I I don't know how comfortable I am betting on RJ making that leap to be a to to. I think he's going to make a leap, but that's all we're asking for. The but the leap that I'm at that we would need RJ to be to make. It would require that, or it would require a trade that I can't bank on. There's a lot of things. It would require a lot of things. It would require Randall to do exactly what he did last year, this year, which I don't think he, I don't, I think that if he does it, that would be great, first of all, but I think it's unrealistic to expect him to do it. Why? He, he did it all throughout last year. Because... It's just unrealistic. Randall was doing shit he's never done before. He was doing things that he was never he was never a 40% three-point shooter. That that far exceeds any other average he's done in his career. He was hitting step he was hitting step back mid-range jumpers like he was Kawhi Leonard. Like like he worked like, on it. Okay. That's what but, I'm saying. 
If okay, you're working and you're getting better, then you can't really bet when someone's declined. RJ no, played ways that he's never played before. Are you betting that he won't continue to get better? You can't say that. You know that guys do things for one year and never do them again. Like, you can't say that, oh, because he did it last year, you have to expect that he's going to do it this year. No, you can't expect that. That's not how the league goes. Yeah, sometimes it happens. About... Sometimes it happens and sometimes it don't. It doesn't. And that's why I'm saying this. Because I could easily see Randall declining from what he did last year. Not not by a lot, but I can see him declining. And, okay, that's the Randall that we should expect. That's not a top That's not a top guy. That's not a number one option. I could see RJ improving on everything, but still not being good enough to be considered being considered one of the top wings in the league. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's what you need Randall to be last year, Randall. You need RJ to become one of the top wings in the league in order for in order to start expecting that the Knicks are going to be a championship contender. I'm not going to put money on that. Because there's no, I need two years of that to put money on it. One year is not enough because I've seen plenty of players in this league do something for one year. We've seen J.R. Smith have outlier, have an outlier year from three point percentage or whatever, and then he went back to normal in the playoffs, and that was it. Yeah, but what? So we can see the same thing happen to Julius Randle. Julius Randle led his team to the playoffs, fourth seed as the number one option with the most usage in the NBA. This is why you think of another player. This is no, why you I'm get in sa- trouble on Twitter. I'm, I'm bringing up facts, though. Like, if we're going to talk about facts, no, Julius Randle, he led the NBA in possessions. He led the NBA in scoring from the mid-range on the right side and on the right on the left side. Leader, One of the leaders in minutes, if not the leader. Name me another player that led their team that didn't do anything to the year before to the playoffs and hosted a, a playoff series. Like, what he did last year, we underrate for somehow. I'm not underrating it at all. I'm saying that you can't – that's not something that you bet on, right? That's not something that it's you bet NBA, on. You don't, say, you don't say that because he did it one year and it's never been done before that you should expect him to do it again. Because he's never done it before, that's even more reason to say he might not do it again. No one's ever done it before. He might not do it again. This that's perfectly fine saying, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I need evidence and, to have that belief, now, though. Now, am I saying I need to see him to do it again to think that last year was? No, I don't really need to see him do it again. If even if he takes a decline, I think that he could do what he did last year again. But if he never does it again, I would uh, okay. Like I, that's what it is. I'm just waiting to see what happens. I'm not putting money down on anything. To answer your question, if, it, if that's how you're going to phrase it, that either they're going to make an upward project trajectory or they're going to stay baseline or go get worse. I'm not putting money down. I'm staying pat. I'm putting money down. Now, if you were to put it the other way, upward trajectory or staying pat versus decline, that's easy. That's an easy bet to make. They're either doing they're either staying steady or they, they're increasing. But the other way around, uh, that's a 50 50 shot, bro. Mm-mm. It's easy for me to answer. I don't know. Well, I see when, we, once you see that. behind the scenes a little bit and see the work ethic. I feel like yeah, that yeah, just yeah. shows on the court as well. But we can move I on to too. the next. I, I do too. I do too. But when these dudes be hitting you up on Twitter and saying, "Well, think about the fact that they didn't have fans all year, and then all of a sudden they had fans, and now they're not playing the same." That's something that we have to take into consideration too, because mm-hmm. that's that that's that's a fair point and we have to see what a full season when we back in non-covid audio attendance you know arenas how that looks to say okay he can do it again even if it's not the same as what he did last year if it's just slightly less than what he, okay yeah he could do it again he could do it again it, it maybe it was just an adjustment maybe it was something in his head whatever it wasn't about the fans though so, you can't use that as an excuse. These well, players have been playing that. in front of fans their entire life. And he never played that way in front of fans is what they're saying. He's never played that well in front of fans. Yeah, he's played in front of fans all his life. The regular has season was in front of fans too. 40% from the three when he had a full arena. That is what they're trying to say to you. And the answer is no, he hasn't. And it's a fair point. 
It's a fair point. We'll see it is a fair season. point. It's like we we'll could see. say, oh, um, Tyler Hero ain't shit because he fucking played. He shot the lights out when during bubble year, all that during the bubble season. It wasn't even a season, but it was, you know, with the playoffs and all that. He was shooting the lights out. And then as soon as we got a little bit of fans back in, in the league, he can't shoot again. You could, we could make that same argument, too, because he's played in front of fans before that. And then as soon as the fans was gone, he was, oh, we can't trade Tyler Hero. He's better than R.J. Barrett. Now, how look, look how stupid that is. Uh, you you just got to wait and see. You can't just put your money out there. That's how you lose money. That's how so, you make money. We, Scared money don't so, make money. You got to go into yeah, it confident. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. If I had, to, if it was gun to my head, I would say we'll improve. Not by a lot, though. Gun to my head. Because you have, but, you uh, have but evidence be, that supports that. Be, I'd be I'd be shaking in my boots to see how it plays out. I'm gonna tell you that. So I, I said Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, and Derek Rose with three No, it was Evan Fournier. We'll make Derek Rose the fourth most important free agent move, free agency move, the fifth most important free agency move, Alfred Payton near agreement with the Suns to play for that team. That was the most fifth most important Nick move of the free <laughs> the free agency. No, that was the first. That was number one. <laughs> Thank God. No, no, no. Kemba was number one. That and then Julius Randle was number two, and then Alfred was number three. Yeah, I didn't realize this is a little off topic, but I didn't realize power came back raising Canaan. You 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 gonna watch that? No. <laughs> After you I saw the last season of Power, I'm not watching anything else Power related. <laughs> you didn't like Book Two? No, I didn't watch Book Two. Why not? Because it's Power. I'm I'm good with Power. I'm done. Book so two, and book, then, two, book Two was I, and I, I might watch. Like, Ra- you I'm, think I'm I want to watch more Tariq? <laughs> no, well, they made him better in Book Two, in my opinion, and I think I'm gonna watch Raising Canaan. And I, I am going to also watch us raising the Summer League Knicks because we got... <laughs> I was wondering we got why you asked half, that. Half of the roster, half of the youth is on this Summer League team. And they all they're going to have... <laughs> except except for like Jericho Kanan. Sims. <laughs> hey, hey. That was good. That was good, bro. <laughs> that was good. They all shooters. That was off the top. Come on now. JD gets inspired me. Data inspired. Uh, I was a, I'm man. a Lux fan. So Nick Summer League. <clears throat> so we found out the other day the roster was set. We found out that Kevin Knox the third. Oh, excuse that me, second. Me. Kevin Knox the second decided that he wanted to be on the Summer League team. He wanted to show what he had. The Summer League roster ended up being Quentin Grimes. Kevin Knox the second, Emmanuel Quickly, Amir Sims, Reed Travis. I don't know who that guy is. Tyler Hall, don't know him either. Miles McBride, Quentin Rose, Jericho Sims, Luca Vildoza, Rokas Jokobitis, Obi Toppin, and some other guys. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I'm excited to watch how these summer Knicks end up playing. And as of this recording, because we recorded late, we actually got to, we actually got to watch game one. Yeah. Well, Did you I actually watch it? Half, and other stuff started happening. So I didn't get to quick note. Do you want to talk about it today? Or you want to wait till next week? We're already 55 minutes into the episode. We could touch small Just things and then go deep dive next week. If you want pause. Arrgh. <laughs> but the main takeaways was Obi looked he looked he he looked like a, a man amongst boys out there. But I thought yeah, that was you got to start Sims, making actually. our threes. Yeah, Jericho Sims was wilding out there. I thought Jericho Sims looked like a man amongst boys, and then Obi was looking like the vet. And then Jericho Sims has a different type of bounce. He's got that. Mitchell Robinson bounce to my in my opinion. Gerald Green bounce. Yeah. But um yeah, those two. I liked what Miles McBride did out there. Yeah. Mark I, he looked like Marcus Smart. I'm like, yo, wait, hold on, who is that? 
That's Marcus Smart. He looked yeah. exactly like him on defense. Watch. Pay attention to this game a little more. And then Quentin Grimes scored our first three, our mm-hmm. first bucket of the game, and then disappeared. And then found another three somewhere in the second half. I like his confidence when he shoot though. And I, I, I like his effort out there defensively also. Yes. And then after that, I don't know who I wanna say was the fifth best player. We have Luke, Luke. Do we do we wanna say IQ was the fifth best yeah, player? Yeah, because he had highlights. He 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 had an all around game, but he also struggled a lot too. But that's what some of these four. He gotta get the kinks out. He did a lot of good things though. He he, he snagged uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Got his sis up and he got fifteen points. He had a few threes at the end. I ain't mad at his game. He's getting the rhythm. I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. You tried to well, call him a point guard earlier and I Let him there. get his feet wet. He's been playing there. off the ball all year. It's not yeah, no. Let Miles McBride get his feet wet. <laughs> Let Miles McBride. He's still he still got a season two. We need to season up his point guard skills. And I, let me tell you, I think I enjoyed him at the point guard way more than I enjoyed quickly. We'll see. It's the only game when I'm not gonna overreact. Luca Vildoza was out there too, and he looked like he was still trying to figure out the team as well. He didn't really do too much to really impress me, but I think part of that was also because he didn't know who he was playing with, and he didn't know who yeah. he was playing against. You could tell because a lot of them felt looked like they didn't, they never played together before, and it was like their first time filling each other out. But I mean, interrupt. What you was about to say? I'm trying. Well, I started. I suddenly blanked on his name when you started talking. That boy on the Raptors. That I- oh, 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 Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes was out there like Luca Vildoza yeah, was like, tough. oh, he's a he's he's a big. I can get around this dude. And and Scotty Barnes said, Give me that ball. <laughs> and I was like, Luca, he can guard ones too, bro. He can guard you. Like I <laughs> gotta seen protect Scottie the ball, Barnes, bro. <laughs> but he just looked freakish out there compared to he's, everybody else. He, oh, he's man, gonna be he, dangerous in a few years. Would you say he was the best? If, no, he wasn't. He wasn't the best player on the court. The best player on the court was Malachi Flynn, by far. Yeah. Malachi Flynn was out there. He was balling. He, he couldn't miss. And he was shooting shots. And I, I was like, yo, how is Malachi Flynn hitting all of these shots? And Emmanuel quickly is throwing up air balls, hitting the side of the rim. Like, he's supposed to be one of the best shooters in the league. And he could not he is. hit a freaking thing shooters going to shoot man if he would have made all them threes you would have still you would have you would have jumped right back on him at point guard come on now he going to make it next game he's a Actually, shooter you know what? sometimes you, you know have what? a slump and sometimes you have a, a a fire fest you're you're right and you're wrong you're right because if he would have hit them shots i'd have been like yeah you know what because he did make some passes he did have some assists he had some alleys i'm not exactly. going to front it it was mainly because of how badly he was shooting from everywhere, from everywhere. He played in a it wasn't long just, time against. It wasn't just. It wasn't just. A, eh, he just played like two months ago. He'll be all right. It he it wasn't just. It wasn't just from three. It was a lot. Some of the floaters. It was some of the some of the mid range. He wasn't really getting to the basket that well. And Miles McBride, on the other hand, he showed. Like yeah, I can do a step back midi. I can get to the rim. I I can I can harass you on the, on the fast break. I you know he missed one. He missed a couple actually, a couple layups when he was contested. But he had a fast break layup that he did contest with the foul. So the finishing, I'm slightly more hopeful for Miles McBride than for Quickly. And that's why it's like I agree with you. If he would have hit them threes, it would have been a whole lot different story than what it actually was. But Miles McBride also showed, because he didn't, I don't think Miles McBride hit a single three, and I still liked his game as a point guard more than I liked Quickly's. Yeah. He wasn't, he was steady. He was calm. He quickly looked like 
he's antsy a little bit. Like he's he he looked like he's trying to get into a rhythm. He's trying to do everything too well. But I just got some news. You want me to break it now? Oh shit! Yeah, go ahead. Hold on. Make sure it's real first. It's real. <laughs> Steph Bondi <laughs> tweeted that summer league update: the Knicks are going to be going to be playing the Pacers now tomorrow at two p.m. Oh, okay. Damn, so I'm gonna miss that. Game to look forward to. I'm gonna watch that. that. I'm gonna have to watch that. I'm gonna have to record that and watch that later. Yeah, but we yeah, get to redeem ourselves for today. I think the Pacers game got postponed due to COVID earlier today. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Wizards. So, so that's probably why that's happening. Yep. Is who's on the Pacers summer league team? Let's see here. Who did the Pacers pick this year? I have no idea who any. When I saw James Booknight on Charlotte, I'm like, wait, hold on. Did he go to Golden State? I'm like, nah, I'm bugging, yo. Because you know what it is? All the trades on draft night and you see the the, the, the players going to the certain teams, that always confuses me. So I got to see some of the highlights before I know who's on what team. Okay, they have Chris Duarte. And they have Isaiah Jackson. Duarte. How I forget how I forget that. Two players that the Knicks wanted. And Kasiah Stanley. Whoever that is. He he was their rookie last year. So we get to see Chris Duarte and Isaiah Jackson up close tomorrow. The two guys that the Knicks wanted. Allegedly. I I was looking throughout their roster, I was like, I don't know who any of these do. Oh, Chris Duarte. But yeah, I don't know anybody. Oh, Isaiah Jackson. And then I was like, mm, this could be a good game. It really, really, the Knicks would have won today's game if the shooting wasn't so bad. I think they only yeah, made like seven out of, I think they made, only made like seven out of 43 pointers. And, and with a team where you have guys that are proclaimed shooters, like, yeah, that's, that's shocking and surprising. It's not going to happen again, I don't think. Eh, it could. Summer League. Summer League doesn't really matter. It doesn't. But anyway. These guys have pride. They ain't going to go out like that. All right. So, last last bit. I don't think there was any other news this week. So, we can safely talk about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Where Frank, Frank Nilakina and the French national team face off against <laughs> the United States with KD, Dame, and Tatum. Also, current Nick Evan Fournier was on Team France. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you watch that game at all? That was the one of the like only games I've watched at the Olympics so far, and yeah, Frank made us for? look bad at the end. I was I was rooting for France. What you mean? <laughs> Two Knicks. I ain't care about Team USA. They get the best players, Kevin Durant, the guy on the Nets. And I don't Draymond. think he made. I don't think Frank made us look bad. I also don't think that I, you saw you saw you saw the good and the bad in Frank, right? Frank had some very key moments for for France that helped them get close, but he had a costly turnover. Yeah, and he bricked his step back three no, that would have brought it. He bricked the last one where no. he where. The last he airballed the last one. Oh, sorry. He didn't brick anything. <laughs> it was a. You could have let me get that one off without like, <laughs> you know, like you could have just said, yeah, he bricked it. No, like, but that's what I'm referring to. He let us down. If you, you, can't, if you didn't watch time, the game, if you didn't watch the game, you wouldn't know that it was an airball. Like you was and, listening to this, you wasn't gonna go back to the Olympics and see that Frank actually airballed. He missed the shot. Okay, he missed and, the shot. And crunch time, <laughs> what you do counts for double. I don't want to hear about all the good you do, and then you just gonna do that at the end with the game winning line. You gonna airball? He had he had he had a three that he made that brought him close, and he dunked the ball with like a minute left in the game, and he had a key assist. He had a he forced a key charge. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say like Frank messed it up for France because. I don't think that France would have been as close as they were if not for Frank. But also, they probably could have won without those costly, (laughs) 
the the shot and the that's turnover that he did in that. So, if you're gonna that's, be that's, in a groove, that's the stay gift and the curse. That's the gift and the curse. Always been his problem. That's always been his issue. That's the gift and the curse. He can never keep it up. You know what I mean? But the reason that they had him out there was was for for defensive purposes, and then. It, they put him on Dame, and then you found out after the Olympics, Dame was actually playing hurt, so they probably should have put him on somebody else. <laughs> Dame also, like, missed two free throws at the end, so it's like, yeah. I mean, you know that what I mean? And, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I think that you can make the argument that this is why you take a chance on Frank because he's still young, but this is also – kind of you have to know what you're getting with Frank and you have to kind of work some of these things out if you want him to be a key rotation player and maybe even starter moving forward because he he has some flashes still. Still, with, with, you know, how long he's been in the league now. He still has flashes to be – he can has still a little bit of upside. You just have to have patience with him. So, Time for nah, patience that, is up, man. You're a free agent now. Yeah, well – Knicks still have an open spot. <laughs> I don't see him. I don't see him doing that. They have an open spot. I see his spot going now. They could put Luca Vildoza in two ways, and they'll have an open spot for Frank if if he wants it. <laughs> Wishful thinking. It is. All right, man. You got anything you want to plug? Anything you've been watching? Anything you've been listening to? Man, I'm ready to unplug because I'm outlet. Get it? <laughs> I'm ready to be outlet. I'm working on it still. Don't worry about it. You got anything you want to plug? You didn't just say that. Tell me. You did not just say that. <laughs> I'm going to have a better one next episode. I really don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't got nothing to plug, bro. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Peace. Peace. Yeah. What it do? That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.